You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I was I was just talking about how very on brand the Best Coast Boys podcast is going to be this week because <laughs> of uh, our our little jaunt out to Los Angeles for a very important Saturday afternoon playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams. I, I'm excited. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I was wondering though, after all this, like, do you thinking about the Rams and 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 thinking about Los Angeles? Does it make you cold to to, to, to no, think about all the I'm, palm I'm trees? I'm cold all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean when you live out in an igloo like I do, you're just cold all the it's time. So cold's part of the world. Yeah, it's very true. All right, before we begin, I just want to welcome all of our new listeners. Uh, we've seen a ton of growth uh, with the show over the last few weeks, and it's due to you guys. I mean, you guys have been fantastic. Our listeners have done a great mm-hmm. job at spreading the word about our podcast. We are now inside the top 200 of all podcasts on iTunes, wow. <laughs> and that's it's incredible. Um, so if you guys enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, continue to tell your friends. Uh, we appreciate the support of our listeners so much, and we couldn't do it without y'all. So on behalf of Landon and I, we just wanted to thank you. Um, did I miss anything, Landon? No, anything no. else we need to say before we Thanks, go on? Thanks, guys. Seriously, okay. we, we really do appreciate it. All right, so on today's show, we are going to be answering your Twitter questions, and you guys sent us a ton of really good questions, so let's jump right let's into it. it. Um, our, fir- our first question comes from Irish Cowboys, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys-Rams matchup you know, the rest of the week, but this really quick question. How do you, how do the Cowboys deal with Aaron Donald this weekend? The O-line was pretty good against Seattle, but how do you try to stop him? Survive. Uh, you know, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think you just, he's such a dominant force. I mean, and not even just, uh, you know, in the realm of the NFL, I, I mean, I think he's a generational player, you know, I, mean, I, I think a guy who anybody's getting 20 plus sacks, uh, from the defensive tackle position, I mean, you know, you're 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 a pretty elite company at this point. So, uh, a lot of it is just going to be about having to play your game plan. And, and I mean, there's the the thing about a defensive interior guy is that they double teaming them really kind of shifts things around on 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 your blocking mm. scheme. So, uh, it it really it, it's really a, more about I think trying to continue to try to run your game and realize that you're you're just going to not want to run at him you're you're and if you're in, in passing situations that you're going to have to get the ball out a little bit quicker because their elite pass rusher is that much closer to you than having to go around the edge i mean if all he has to do is get one lunge from Connor Williams and and he'll sack Dak before he's even on the third step of a three-step drop so uh, right. I, I think you know John owning uh, our buddy put a, some interesting uh uh, information out there the other day about about 
play action and 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 uh, Donald's abilities uh, or how play action seems to kind of slow him down a little bit, um, at least as a pass rusher. I think that there's some validity there too. I mean, just with all these great players, make them have to think twice. Make them anything to slow these guys down from getting to their target is going to be helpful. Otherwise, you know, you just you try to run outside. You try to get things. Uh, you know, run to the other side, which you know, unfortunately you're running to Brockers on the other side. Uh, but I think you know it's mostly just uh, quick game stuff uh, and just knowing I mean you have to kind of just run your game and just know that there's a high likelihood that Aaron Donald could ruin a drive or two <laughs> I mean yeah, because absolutely. that's what this guy does so and, and the other thing is you've got to mix it up you can't be doing the same yeah. thing over and over you can't have the same you know hard count or snap count every single time it's got you got to keep them. Uh, on his heels. I, I, I'm interested to see what he's going to do against the Cowboys. It it's kind of sounds like he's going to be matched up against Connor Williams a lot. Is that right? I mean, I'm assuming so. I, I would think that it, you know, they, they, they're going to try to get mismatches. I mean, it's Wade Phillips. He's going to try to find mismatches across the line. So obviously I think, you know, just looking at it, Zach Martin is, uh, not who they necessarily want to put Aaron Donald against. I mean, they're they're Zach, Zach Martin may be the only person who has consistently played well against Aaron Donald right. <laughs> uh, since right. before his, their NFL career. So um, I, I think that yeah, yeah, we'll see a lot of Connor Williams there. You know, it's not it's not the. <sighs> I mean, he's a terrible matchup for anybody, right? But but I think his athletic Connor Williams' athleticism is probably better than uh, you know tr- trying to go with. I- I'd rather have a too athletic and and maybe undersized guy go against Donald than a too big and too strong and not athletic guard go against him. I guess is what I'm saying. So basically, it's a this is a better matchup for Connor Williams than Xavier Suafilo. I think so, just because I you know, just agree. the movement. I mean, I don't know if he's if if Donald just tries to bowl him over. I, we'll see how that goes. But I, I mean, as far as like trying to get around him and that sort of thing, I just think Williams has a lot better shot of keeping up with him. All right. So this next question is from All Day CJ, and we actually get this one every now and then. But I I, I feel like it's interesting because my opinion changes mm. depending on the week. Uh, but he asks, what are the Dal- or what are Dallas's top three needs to address this off season? Uh, you know, for the most part of the season, we've been talking about tight ends, safety, defensive tackle, offensive line. But now that we've kind of seen the entire 2018 season, we've seen them in the playoffs. What would you say their top three needs are uh, next off season? Man, it's really tough to stay say still. Um, I, I tend to think that it's uh, tight end the tight end class because of of how it's it's. You know, developed or, or it seems to have risen to the top with the, with the class that seems to be coming out. Um, I think tight end could be a great spot. I mean, we have, we've seen what we've gotten out of Blake Jarwin, and that's been fantastic. Um, but I, you wonder, is that enough? Do you need a two a, another guy in there to be kind of that top guy to really have? I mean, then you would have a pretty great tight end group. So, yeah, I um, agree. you know, I think there's some great interior defensive linemen that that uh, are going to be out. So de- defensive tackle is a consideration. I mean, you, you don't you're Clearly not going to see David Irving likely next year. I, mean, well, I guess that's a conversation for the offseason. But uh, you like Collins, but is Collins an, uh, enough with these guys? I feel like you probably need another guy in there. Safety, uh, you know, again, I, I think it's hard to – I think they're all kind of in a – I think those four that he has listed there, defensive tackle, safety, tight end, offensive line, uh, are the top kind of tier, you know. I, I, I think it's hard to kind of – rank 
where they are at this point without kind of knowing what their you know what the offseason plan is how things are going to change you know that sort of thing but i would say generically just like without thinking too much about it uh that i would probably go mm, safety tight end defensive line off offensive line maybe yeah, for me, defensive line is interesting because we've seen time and time again that Rod Marinelli doesn't need to spend, you know, top uh, picks or free agent dollars on that defensive tackle position to get production. Uh, I mean, Malik Collins was the third round pick, and he's been well worth that. But you look at Antoine Woods and what he's been able to do, and Daniel Ross, and now Karan Reed. Is that really a spot that you have to spend a premium pick on? Maybe I I, I don't know. I just I, I guess I trust maybe Marinelli a little bit too much on, at defensive tackle. But uh, I, I would agree. I think tight end safety, and from kind of just my early scouting of some of these positions in the draft. Those two things are going to line up pretty well for the Cowboys. So if they want to take a tight end with their second round pick, I think they're going to get a pretty good player. Um, go ahead. Lena. No, that was. Uh, I agree. I think that the, the class seems to line up with their needs very well, just from a very outsider view at this point. And I think that's why the Cowboys were okay going and making the move for Amari Cooper because they knew, hey, if we get if we get the stud receiver with our first pick, the rest of this draft is going to line up pretty well with us. So let's go ahead and trade our first round pick now. We know we're going to be okay there. Uh, so good planning there by the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's pause. We'll take a quick break, and we will come back and answer some more of your Twitter questions. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, this next question from Chris White. Landon, did you ever think Jalen Smith would get back to the form that he is playing at right now? <laughs> oh, are you sure this question's for me, uh, Marcus? I, I might have added that first part uh, of it. <laughs> uh, I did. I believed. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, I think there were definitely times when uh, other people were doubting him pretty hard, and other people may have been looking correct a lot, or at least were, you know. Uh, sanely hedging their bets, uh, but I was I was all in, man. I, I I thought for sure that you know I had faith in the doctor. I mean, Doctor Cooper seemed confident to all of them, which gave them a, a great amount of faith. I, I think the other thing too that uh, I kept on pointing back to is that people need to understand the Cowboys are optimistic. Like J- Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, they they definitely will speak optimistic, but they. 
but they don't like go out of their way to be po- overly positive about things that they don't at least have some insider knowledge. You know, they they even sure. even they hedge sure. their bets a little bit, and they never hedge their bet about Jalen Smith. Like it was always that yeah, he's ahead of schedule. He's doing this. And to be honest, like if you go back and look, listen, you know they gave you a pretty accurate timeline of when of how all this was going to develop, and, and it actually kind of went almost exactly on the timeline that a lot of us have been discussing. Is that he might get back on the field by his second year, but by his third year, he hopefully should be all the way back. And it looks like he not only is he all the way back, but he's you know also taking that time to reshape his upper body as well. Uh, and he's an absolute monster. I think it's hard to deny. So the answer is yes. I I, I honestly did believe it. Uh, whether I you know had any reason, good reason to or not, it was another question. But uh, I certainly did. Look, for me, this was this was a two part discussion, and we can we can separate these a little bit if we want to. But when the Cowboys used the thirty fourth pick on Jalen Smith. I was dubious that the pick would ever they would ever return value on that pick because when you have a second round pick, those guys you only have under contract for four years. The first year Jalen didn't play at all, so that left you with three years left. The first year that he played was I would say average at best. So then you needed basically, in my opinion, you needed two Pro Bowl caliber years from Jalen Smith to to warrant that selection. I think we're there, right? I, I think we're at the point now where if Jalen continues to play this way through the rest of the playoffs and next season, I think you can say, well, even though you maybe lost two years of production from Jalen Smith, the final two years of that rookie deal are going to end up paying out. Uh, real quick, real as quick. For the actual- there's, there's also added benefit, and I think this doesn't get calculated sometimes. There's added benefit to being able to negotiate with this player exclusively for a certain amount of time. That's the other thing, too, is that when you draft a player and then you get that player in your system, like the the high chances of the chances of you re-signing that player, if you want to, are high because they're already in your system. You already know how the fit is. There's So I think that there's added hidden bonus in there, too, is that if you hit on the player, now you also have good leverage and uh, uh, ability to re-sign that player uh, before he, you know, before he even sniffs the free agent market, but also just you know a, a strong positioning uh, as opposed to having to go out and right. you know try to obtain a player of that same skill level. Well, here's the other thing, and I have no inside knowledge in this, but it's just kind of thinking logically. Considering the Cowboys took a chance on Jalen so high in the draft, it wouldn't shock me at all if Jalen gave them a little bit yeah, of a discount yeah. because he believed in them a little bit. So that's a discussion for down the road a little bit. But as for the actual injury, I mean, just for we didn't know, right? There was a lot of teams that failed him that didn't ever believe he would be back. The Cowboys doctors did the surgery. They obviously believed that he could at least contribute in some way. Um, so with the first two years when you didn't see him doing much, or you still saw him kind of limping as he was running. It was it was easy to be a little bit pessimistic. But the player that we have seen this year, and especially over the last what ten games of the season, uh, makes you really understand and appreciate why the Cowboys took that risk, and it's starting to really, really pay off for them. All right, our next question comes from Mark. Are the Cowboys the most well-balanced team left in the playoffs? That's an interesting question. What do you think, Landon? Hmm. Um, 
I mean, the only problem there is that their special teams aren't fantastic. <laughs> uh, you know, I th- okay, but, let's, but what other team is well balanced? Because I would say probably the Chargers. Yes, and their special teams has been That's atrocious true this as year. Well. And, well, every year, um, and, and I think that the Cowboys actually might get better with Tavon back returning some kicks, obviously, sure. and uh, you know just s- some of the guys they picked up the s- sort of special teams types that they've picked up uh, to fill out their roster lately. So. Uh, I I think that's a good question. I mean, I think New Orleans is kind of their defense seems to be kind of all over the place, or it has been this season. I would say that they would probably want to make a run for their for their money. But uh, yeah, I would say that uh, as far as like teams that are win through you know team unity or or, or what's uh, what's the word, third term I'm looking for um uh, complementary football. There yeah, go, yep. I, I think I think Dallas is probably the team that uh, has the offensive defense that complement each other the best. I think that might be a fair thing to say. That doesn't mean that they're the best team, but uh, I, I think that they, as far as that balance and, and complementary football, Dallas has got that formula probably better than the rest of the remaining teams. Yeah, you look at the rest of the teams that are left in the playoffs, and they all seem like they have a big weakness, whether it's Kansas City's run defense. Uh, the Colts don't have a great pass rush. Uh, the Patriots can't really stop anybody. They can't really throw the ball now either. Um, the Chargers, their special teams is a problem. They don't have any linebackers. And then the NFC, the Eagles, are they can't run the ball. New Orleans defense is all over the place, and the Rams have really stopped or struggled to stop teams uh, on the ground. So... Are the Cowboys perfect? No. no. But are they maybe the most well-balanced team? Sure. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go far in the playoffs. We we know every single season it's not the, the most well-balanced team that wins the, the Super Bowl. It's typically the team that has the, the biggest strength, the, you, you know, something like that. So um, we'll I'll see. I'll put it like this, I, I, and I've been saying this for a while. This this The formula that the Dallas has, it, it, it's not the easiest formula to win in the regular season. But if you can win in the regular season with this formula, this is the type of team you want to take into the playoffs. Because because yep. now you can configure yourself to beat a variety of different teams. You don't have to win your one way. And if your one way doesn't work against, you know, I mean, the the, the Rams, the, the Saints, these teams need to score to win a lot of times. And Kansas City specifically. Like, you know, some of these teams oh, need yeah. to score to win. Uh, if your quarterback is having a bad day, if your offensive line is having a bad day, if you can't seem to get it together against this offense, some of those teams are going to struggle to find other ways to win. Dallas, if their offense is struggling, their defense can step up. If their defense can, is struggling, their offense can, can step, step up. And in-game, that can flip back and forth. And that's hard to play against. You know, It, it limits sure. opportunities and uh, it makes you have to uh, press to make the most out of your opportunities, which often leads to mistakes and, and often can lead to victories for the Cowboys. Uh, to your point, and this doesn't have anything to do with the Cowboys, but I'm kind of looking at some of the matchups this week, and the Chargers are heading to New England on Sunday, and they're expected to get about five inches of snow in New England on Sunday. So for a team that loves to throw the ball down the field like the Chargers do, are they going to be able to use their same kind of path to victory against New England when you know they've got five inches of snow on the ground and it's cold and they're not used to playing that style of football? I don't know. I would feel a lot better about the Cowboys going to New England and you know using their ground attack. So I, the Cowboys, the, the the way that they've designed their team, they can go play in a dome. They can go play in bad weather. They can go play in the, in the rain, parking lot. And they should the, ha- on the moon, as Jason Garrett says. Ab- absolutely. I, I don't think they want to play on the moon. That doesn't sound Probably fun. Not. But 
anyways, uh, our next question comes uh, from uh, Brody Speaks. He wants to know, do we play the Rams the same way that we played the Saints defensive-wise? And he's asking this in the, the regards of using Jordan Lewis to cover Todd Gurley out of the backfield. Do you think that's a possibility in this matchup? I, I mean, I think it was something that was effective for them uh, against uh, Hunt. Or not Hunt. Um, I always get Kareem Hunt and uh, Kamara mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's something they should consider. I mean, you know, but again, I think they they, they need to mix it up. You know, and and we're going to see exactly what Gurley how uh, uh, how effective Gurley is going to be coming off his knee. I mean, ho- hopefully for on their sake that he's a hundred percent, but he may not be. I mean, he he may still be kind of dealing with some lingering effects there. Uh, obviously, they they brought in. Um, uh, 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 Booker is. We brought in Booker from. Was he last with Denver? I think. Oh, CJ oh, Anderson. Anderson. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yep. uh, and he was averaging something like seven yards a carry. So uh, you know they they clearly had a means of to move the ball that way. But I think what you lose there is what you're talking about. I I don't know that CJ Anderson is quite the receiver that Todd Gurley is. No, he's and, not. And, no. and so that's one of the things that you really got to fear when you face this Rams offense. So getting a guy like Jordan Lewis who's had some success uh, uh, against guys like uh, Hunt and. Um, like Kamara, God, always had. Uh, <laughs> the only thing there is that I think you know, uh, Gurley is a, a little bit more stout there, and I and I he's a lot. Yeah, bigger, I yeah. worry about uh, Lewis's ability to take him down in open field necessarily. Now, if he can get his hands on him and slow him down enough for the cavalry, that's fantastic. But that would be my only concern with like doing something like that on a full time basis. Is that eventually? Uh, he's going to break a tackle, and then he's got the speed to make w- one tackle miss and then k- take it to the house. Yeah, I think using Jordan Lewis on Gurley is interesting because in the Cowboys matchup with Gurley last year in 2017, uh, Gurley beat them a lot out of the backfield. And actually, he had one, he ran a Texas route, which kind of went for like 70 yards and a touchdown. They just didn't have the linebackers in that game to cover Gurley. Sean Lee went out. If Gurley is, you know, I mean, if they're in third down, maybe they do take, you know, a, a linebacker off the field or something, or defensive lineman off the field to co- to cover Gurley with Lewis. Uh, I think it's an interesting thought, at least. Uh, I am a little concerned about Gurley's size on Lewis. Lewis isn't the best tackler in the world, and he's a little undersized. It's going to take a combination um, of things, you know. Like it can't just be. Yeah, it it's is, not going to yeah. be like one thing where I just don't think that they're going to be like. Oh, let's stick this dude on him, and then you know, I mean, the thought process there could be let's stick Byron Jones on on him. You know, see, I like that. But that that makes a lot. They don't of sense have a, so, one, a number one receiver per se at this point. Now that that uh, uh, they they lost they lost him for the season. I mean, they, I think they'll give you know Woods a lot of touches, and he'll kind of function in that in that form. But that's part of the issue that the Rams have had these last few weeks is uh, without you know their their go to guy. It's and, and again, I cannot remember what his name is. The like the Cooper, Cooper Cup. I loved him coming out of college, but I don't know that any of us saw Cup coming in and doing what he's done like this, you know. And and he they're kind of a different offense when he's in there. But he's since he's injured, you know, Woods is kind of more their guy there. I I I think we can handle Woods with what we have. If you're most concerned about shutting down one of their weapons, then maybe finding a way a role with Byron Jones on on Gurley might be something that they should think about. Otherwise, I, I mean we do have probably the two most athletic linebackers, starting linebackers in football. So, um, you know, like I said, there are a lot of ways to try to do this and I'm sure they'll throw all of them at 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 Sean McVay. 
if you're thinking really outside the box, the, the matchup that I kind of like is Joe Thomas against Gurley because Joe Thomas is fantastic in coverage. You could use him, you know, kind of as a, you know, just to cover him one-on-one when he comes out of the backfield. But that means you're taking Van Resch or Jalen Smith off the field. I don't think the Cowboys want to do that, but just something to keep in mind. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Tomorrow will be our crossover edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Uh, we talk to the guys with at Locked On Rams. And then back on Thursday, we will preview the Cowboys matchup. So make sure you guys are downloading all those shows. Uh, we always appreciate the support. Thank you guys for everything. I'm Marcus Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. 